So tonight uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to head that direction, we'll get there in a minute. We've got, we got to do a little, go a little, little way before we get there. So uh, there's Bibles in the windowsills. If you want somebody to pass one of those to you, just tell them to, and they will do that. Uh, if you've got a phone or whatever, then that's cool. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to be in just a second. Uh, yeah, so, so we were continuing that identity series, what the, the series focusing on what it is that identifies us, right? And then, so tonight we're specifically focusing on the us, the 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 part where we're not alone in this, almost everything else we've done thus far has been about um, you as an individual, who you are as a Christian and defining what it means to be a Christian and what it is that we believe, what it is we do, who it is that we worship. But tonight we're, spoke, we're focusing on who we are together and who we are together is the church. There's no way outside of that. If you're a Christian in the room and... Um, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then you are a part of the church uh, collectively, the, the church we call universal, like the, the, the holistic body of believers. Um, you're a part of the church universal. You may not be a, a part of a local church. I know that sometimes there's, there's folks in here that uh, come from, like, you're, just, you're not a part of a church that on, a, on a normal basis, and so Greenhouse, is kinda, Greenhouse kind of becomes your church. When we get those little student info cards back from you guys, I love reading those things. I don't, I don't necessarily like read all that. I don't care about your cell phone number and stuff. I'm not going like to read that specifically. That's weird. Um, but I, I like to flip through the bottom and just see what you write. on the, It says, are you, are you a member of a church? And so sometimes it just says, like, yes, here, right? And so you just, I'm, I take that to mean Mount Zion. One of the things that's really interesting to me is, is how many people will write down things like Green Gym, Junior high kids always write down green gym. Are you a member of a church? Yeah, the one in the green gym. That's my church. I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but, but I'm there. It's awesome, right? I'm, the, I'm a member of the green gym church. Uh, but I get, a lot, I get a lot of cards back that says, hey, my, my church is, is greenhouse. And you consider greenhouse to be your church, not necessarily Mount Zion. And that's, that's interesting, right? And sometimes it's just flat no. And so if you came in the room tonight and, and you, where you are is no, absolutely not, I'm not a part of a church, then I want you to hear that's okay. Um, that, that what we're going to be focusing on is, is something that's available to you, uh, even if it's not necessarily um, where you're at right now. All right? So I don't want you to feel like judged or having pushed upon you. I'm not trying to push Mount Zion. I'm pushing um, the church for one very specific reason, that if you're a Christian, you're a part of the church, whether you want to be or not, whether you realize it or not, um, whether you're acting like it or not. Okay? So um, this, this is kind of personal for me because uh, when I was growing up, I had some family members who um, said phrases like this. Maybe you've heard, heard somebody say stuff like this. Um, I, I love Jesus, but I just, I don't love the church. You heard people say stuff like that? Like, me, me and Jesus are cool, but like, I just, I don't like the church very much. I don't like going to church. I don't like the church. I think the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. I don't like the church. I mean, me and Jesus, we got our own thing, right? And so me and Jesus, you know, I pray. I read my Bible. So my family members were telling me, I pray, I read my Bible. I don't need to go to church. And that was weird to me because I loved going to church and I loved my church and I felt at home. Kind of like we talk about this place being our, our home. We, we feel the community that, that what's intended for. And then sometimes when folks will come at us with those kind of phrases, it's, it's confusing. I'm not really sure how to respond. What do you say to that? You don't. I'm sorry you don't like it. Maybe you should try a different one. I don't, I don't understand. So I have family members tell me that me and Jesus are fine, but I just, I don't, I don't love the church. And then I got into college and, and the, the phrases kind of got a little bit more forceful because college students are trying to figure out who exactly they are. You're all going to do this. You're all going to be super annoying for a, for a time. Okay. You're going to say stuff like, I just can't stand the church. I just can't stand the church. I just want to sit down in a room with some, some Christians. My phone is dinging at me currently. I just want to sit down in a room with some Christians and they study the Bible together and, and that'll be my church because I don't like the institutionalization. And they say like these big stupid words trying to sound smart, right? And basically what they're saying is, I hate the church. 
I hate it. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to do anything for it. I don't want to try to make it better. What I want to do is separate from it and do my own thing because the church is stupid, and I'm out. And so I've got, I had friends that I came through student ministry with who are not a part of a church right now because the church wasn't good enough for them. I never found the one that was perfectly designed. Had some friends on Facebook. They're definitely going to listen to the podcast, so I'm going to rant on them for a minute, okay? We went through high school together. They're friends with me and Jessica, and we got to college, and they were on a college leadership team at the well in Tuscaloosa, and they, they, were, they were all about it. They were full in. Because the husband, they, they ended up getting married. The husband at the time in college, uh, he, was, he was on the worship leader team. He was, like, on stage. You know, he was, like, their version of Casey, right? And there was uh, this little girl he was dating, and they were, like, college ministry popular, right? Which is, like, student ministry popular, but when you get older, it's just as annoying, okay? And so they're, they're doing that, and they're all up in college ministry, and they get out, and they, they move to a different town. And I started seeing Facebook posts from them until I hid them on Facebook or quit logging into Facebook. But anyway, um, where they were like, hey, does anybody know of a church in our town that meets all of these criteria? I admit that is exactly what I want it to be. Because I, I want this, but I don't like this very much. And I really want the coffee to be good, but not too good because then you're kind of being wasteful financially. So where is the exact right scenario for me to show up and bask in the glory of awesomeness? Right? Where is that place? And then I found it. So you know where they go to church? Nowhere. As Christians, we have to love the church. It's not optional. First, the first thing I want you to see in God's word before we get down to our passage in 1 Corinthians is that the church, the church is not optional first because it's Jesus' idea. We didn't just create this, like, we didn't just decide, hey, you know what we should do? We should start hanging out with other Christians. That should be fun. No, that's Jesus' idea. In, in Matthew chapter 16, he's, he's talking to his disciples, and they have this dialogue going on, and then they're telling Jesus who people say that he is, and then he asks them, hey, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, and he says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus gets excited about that because Peter's answered, obviously, correctly, and that, yeah, and I am the Christ. And he says, you know, God revealed that to you. He starts bragging on, on Peter and praising him for it. Actually, he renames him in this moment. He renames him from Simon to Peter. Peter means rock. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is alive thinking ahead about the church. It's always been the plan. It was his plan from the beginning. It's God's plan from the beginning to bring about a body, a living body that would, that would take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's, that was always the plan. Jesus is standing there talking to Peter, thinking about founding his church, and you're a product of that. In Ephesians chapter 5, um, Paul is, is, is talking about uh, marriage. This is a passage we, t- we looked at kind of a while back, last semester in our dating series, where, where Paul tells uh, husbands to love their wives the way Christ loved the church. And he says this very specific phrase. He kind of goes off on a tangent. Paul goes on tangent sometimes. And he says, he says, husbands, you're supposed to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. And he says, and he gave himself up for her, her being the church. Didn't say that Christ gave himself up for you as an individual. Didn't say that Christ gave himself up for you and Jesus to have your own thing and like hate the church. He said that Jesus gave himself up for the church. And then, then that, that, that heading, that, that covering of church includes all of us who give our lives to Christ. That we're the church. We are part of it. It's his idea. It's his plan. And if you're a Christian, you can't get out of it. You're a part of the church, even if you're a terrible, lazy, good-for-nothing part of it. Even if you're a boat anchor dragging behind the thing, you're still a part of it. Church matters because it's God's plan. Christ is thinking forward before, he's, before he even got to the cross. He's thinking forward about this church being founded for his purpose, for God's glory across the world. And if you're a Christian in the room, you were a part of that thing. 
And as we're going to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it is essential that you recognize where you are, like, that you are a part of the church universal and a local church. And you figure out what in the world you're supposed to do about part of that. Are you the boat anchor that we're dragging behind? Or are you out front pull, pulling on this thing, trying to make it as effective and powerful as it possibly can? All right, that's where we're going tonight. My hope, my prayer, that was when you walk out of this place, you are pumped about being a part of a church. If you're not a part of a church, you're going to plan to get a part of a church and find one and join that thing and like plug in hard. And that you will have a, have a moment of realization here tonight where you're like, hey, it's not okay for me to come and consume and take from a church without being a part of it, actively driving this thing forward. That's where I want you to be at the end of tonight, up front. Cool? All right. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to go from verse 12 all the way down to like verse 22. It's going to take us a little while, okay? So we're going to do a verse or two. We're going to talk about it for a minute. We're going to keep going back to this passage and, and figuring out what it has for us. This beautiful passage explaining out uh, how we're a part of the church and how, you're, how you specifically are supposed to function inside of it. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this. For just as the body is one... And has many members or many parts. And all the members of the body, many, though many, are of uh, one. So it is with Jesus. I read that really terrible. We're going to read that again. For just as the body is one, has many members. And all of the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Jesus. That's very, very confusing. Okay? Here. Let's just, let me help you with it. All right. Anybody have, know how many bones you have? Have you had 206 bones. Okay. Can you name them all? No, you can't. All right. How many teeth do you have? Huh? What? 32. 32. You're close. That was really good. So close. All right. You got, 30, you got 206 bones. You got 32 teeth. How many miles of blood vessels you got? 60,000. You have 60,000 miles of blood vessels inside of you. How crazy is that? It's a lot. All right. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, how many muscles? Anybody know how many muscles you got? Huh? Four? None. Right? All right. You have 640 muscles in your body. You have 640 independent muscles in your body. You got 306 bones. You got 32 teeth. You got 60,000 miles of blood vessels. You got 604 muscles inside of your body. You can't name half of it, all right? Like, you don't even know. You don't even know how many parts of your body. Listen, shh, up here. You have no idea how many. You, you didn't know any of that. You don't care, really. Like, like, you don't even know how much. Well, some of you know how much you weigh. But, like, it's, I mean, you don't quantify that stuff because it's, when you think about yourself, you think about one holistic thing. You think about me. It's my, my body. And it's not 206 independent bones. It's just me, right? So the point of verse 12 is that though there's many, many parts in a body, they all make up one whole. They're not, they're not independent. They don't function independently. They all function together as one big, like, complete thing, right? All right, so let's, with that in mind, let's read verse 12 again. For just as the body is one, remember, one big old thing, and has many parts. We got that. And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So it is with Christ. So just like you got a whole bunch of parts, it's exactly like that with Jesus. All right, so here, let's keep going. Verse 13. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether we're Jews or Greek, basically that means wherever you came from, right? So we've all, we've all been baptized into one body, slaves are free, and are all made to drink of one spirit. So we got this, this idea. So all of us, no matter how we became Christians, we've all been baptized into this one body, this collective body. As there's a whole bunch of parts, right? There's 146 people in the room right now. There's, there's, there's 146 of you, but we're all a part of this one body. Not just 146 of us, but the millions and billions of Christians across the earth. We're a part of this one force, the church. 
There's this hope, this, the, the billions of people across the planet, they're Christians. This, that, that's, the, that's the church universal. And there's local churches, right? Where there's like this church and there's like that church over there and Harvest is over there and Wall Highway is over there. There's local churches. So we're, we're a part of the church universal, but we function inside of a local church, a little mini church. And all the mini churches, they, they're like, you know, whatever. You got it, right? You got it? Cool. All right. Verse 13. We just read that. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. So ears and feet or whatever, like they, you can't just decide, like your foot just isn't supposed to say, hey, I'm not a part of your body anymore because then it like rots and that's gross. Okay. So like, you just can't do that. Like a party, like, you can't just decide a part of your body is not a part of your body anymore. So as Christians, we can't just decide that we're not going to be a part of the church. My family members who said, hey, it's just it's me and Jesus, and I read my Bible and pray on my own. I don't need to be a part of the church. Well, you are a part of the church. You're just a part of the church trying to say you're not a part of the church, which doesn't make you any less a part of the church. It just makes you wrong. You can't just separate from something that you're already a part of. You're a part of the body, and if maybe you're a kind of a rotten part of the body, but you're still a part of the body. You don't get the option to separate from this. If you're a Christian, you've been baptized into this one body along with the rest of us. And you're a part of it, whether you realize it or not, no matter how well you're functioning, no matter how hard you're functioning, you're still a part of it. He goes on in verse 17. It says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an uh, <laughs> if the whole body Oh my goodness, I'm, I don't know why I'm like dyslexic today. We're going to start over. Verse 17, goodness, what's wrong with me? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? All right, so basically that means, uh, what this means for me. So we can't all do the same thing. We can't all be eyeballs, right? Can't all be eyeballs, that'd be gross. You don't want a body made out of eyeballs, that's disgusting. I'm picturing it in my head right now, and that's gross, all right? So there's a lot of slimy eyeballs just stuck to your head in my head, and that's gross. All right, you can't all be eyeballs. So this, the way this played out for me and Jessica when we were in student ministry, we really wanted to be in the band because they just like look cool. They all wear flannel shirts and stuff. Like I just wanted, I wanted to be a part of the band. They didn't wear flannel back then. Um, that was like 2000. They're still wearing skinny jeans. They're just a different kind of skinny jeans. Anyway, but uh, anyway, so that's what that, Jessica and I wanted to be a part of the band. We thought that, we thought that would be fun. Um, so Jessica and I independently at different points both tried to learn how to play guitar. We both took guitar lessons and our fingers hurt and we thought that was stupid and we didn't like that anymore, so we quit. Jessica and I both uh, at different points, though, have been on stage behind a microphone during a song. Fun fact, all right? Jessica, uh, somebody was... Um, Somebody was supposed to be singing kind of like harmony or something. Jessica has no idea how to sing harmony. She was supposed to be, so the person who was supposed to be singing harmony on Wednesday night uh, got sick. And so the worship guy uh, knew that Jessica had been talking about maybe, you know, maybe trying out the band or something. So like a moron, he asked Jessica uh, to, to sing in this other girl's place. So Jessica, who's not a bad singer, but not like microphone worthy, you know what I'm saying? Like most of us, she's up there on Wednesday night, like singing songs and Dude, well, I was dating her, and it was still bad. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you know it's, I, was, I was back in the back, and 
We can't do this. For, we can't really. We don't. We can't really do this in here. But um, it's one of those moments when you're the person running sound. You got these sliders. You ever seen a soundboard with all these little fun switches and knobs? Like I don't know what this mess does. But they're sliders, right? This is probably one of those those Wednesday nights where Jessica's slider just kind of slid all. You know, it's like off. You know, she's just like over here singing by herself. The microphone's dead, right? That was okay. I got I got on a microphone one time. Because uh, I was hanging out with the band people, and they did um, this thousand foot crutch song called Unbelievable, which is a rap song. Which is a rap song. And I've been having, me and, me and the guy, the worst, like their version of Casey, um, we've been hanging out a lot. We're driving around, and we would, we would sit, we would rap this song together in his mom's minivan. And uh, so we'd drive around doing this unbelievable rap thing, and, um, and they decided they were going to do it on Wednesday night. They didn't tell our student minister because he would have said no, obviously, and we were all teenagers and we're stupid. And so, uh, so we, we get up on stage, and, he, and they're like, Brenton's going to come, he's going to do this. And so I, I come up like, I'm going to rap. <laughs> so we rapped this thousand-foot crutch song called Unbelievable. You can go, like, Spotify it or whatever. So I'm up here with this other, you know, skinny white dude trying to rap this, this song. Dude, it was so awful. Like, it was so bad. We're just, the guy's trying to play drums with us, and we all can't be eyeballs. We all can't be eyeballs. No matter how much you want to be on, like, up on stage in the band, that may not be the way God's put you together. We can't all be eyeballs. Somebody's got to do the other work. Somebody has to open God's word and look in. Like, somebody has to set all these chairs up. We had three senior guys come up here today and set all these chairs up for us. Okay, I couldn't do that by myself. Can't all be eyeballs. God's put you together in specific ways to do specific things. And, and just because one thing that you might glamorize in your mind, that may not be your thing. Does that make your thing any less important? No. Does that mean that the people that, get to, that, are, that are on stage and get to lead us in worship, does that mean they're any more important than the people who are like entering data into computers? Absolutely not. If you get a birthday card, that's because somebody sits there and enters in data and tries to get your little birthday deciphered from your chicken scratch handwriting, and it goes into a computer thingy, and it spits out, and Emily Wood sits there for hours and writes down all this mess to get you a birthday card. And you love it because somebody puts in the time to do that for you. Does that make her thing less important? Well, she's already up here. You know what I'm saying? That should have worked differently. I should have picked somebody else besides Emily Woods. I didn't see that ending up where I ended up there because she's in both scenarios. But you get where I'm going, right? Can't all be eyeballs. Good, 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 good. Verse 18. Here we go. Verse 18. Not all going to be eyeballs. My glasses are like freaking out. Or maybe like the lights are doing something weird. I got little spots all over my, my glasses. are just disgusting. That's what's happening. That's what the problem is. Okay. Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Can't all be eyeballs. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Think, look, at that, look at that again, verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body. He arranged it. Like a, like a bouquet of flowers, like arranged it. And there's different, there's different purposes, there's different giftedness, there's different talents. He arranged it as he chose. There is something for you to do as a part of Church Universal or something important for you to do in your local church. If you're, if you're going to be, a, if, you're, if Mount Zion's going to be your church, there's something important for you to do here. There's something that, that you're specifically gifted at that we need to happen. Even if we don't know what it is yet. Like if you're off awesome at like, dude, I don't know, making flying helicopters or something. I don't know. Greg Rogers, awesome flying helicopter. Maybe you're going to like fly our drone for Disciple Now. Dude, I have no idea. I really want a drone for Disciple Now. It's been back in the back of my head. We got to find a drone. 
I want to fly a drone around for Disciple Now. I don't know. I just want to. Like, I want to, like, have a little, like, flying around in here and film you. I just think that would look cool. I just want to watch that. Maybe you're a drone operator. I don't know, man. We need a drone operator. So whatever it is, like, God has put you together. However, he has assembled you. He has arranged us like this beautiful bouquet, with each having our own independent function. The church needs you to do your thing. So let me ask you this. Let me just ask you this. So it's in your heart of hearts. You're not going to answer this out loud. I'm not going to raise hands or anything. Just, just, just listen. Just are you working to strengthen your church? Whether that's Mount Zion or somewhere else, are you actively working to strengthen your church? Are you actively using your gifts and your talents for your church? Or, up until this point, have you just kind of been along for the ride? Are you actively working for the betterment, for the good of your church, for the glory of God? Or are you just kind of riding it out? Are you a consumer? Where have you been? If you're on that consumer side of things, man, I would challenge you. God has, God has gifted you specifically to do things inside of the church. He's put you together in specific ways. Even if you haven't realized what they are yet, you have value to bring to the table. And I challenge you to figure out ways to do that. Which leads me to the next one. Verse 22. Look at uh, 21 and 22. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, uh, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Your head can't tell your foot, I don't need you anymore. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. That's beautiful, man. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I mean, if you're sitting here right now and you have no idea how you can bring value or strength in your church, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not outgoing. I don't know how to like, do anything like techie. I'm, I, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I'm not a musician. I'm, I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. I don't know what to do. Like, you just feel that kind of weakness in you. Let's read 22 again. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. No matter where you feel like you are, no matter how much value you bring to the table, you're indispensable. You guys, um, <laughs> if I was going to make a list of parts of the body that were uh, dispensable, right, I can only think of like two things. I think my appendix, because I'm not really sure what it does, and you can cut that out whenever you feel like it, I think, just kind of like on a weekend. I don't think it matters, okay? Somebody smarter than me can correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong there. But your appendix is probably number one. My second one, if I was going to lose a second body part, I'd pick pinky toe. Right? I think I, that's, and if not, that's really close to the list. Like pinky toe, like, I, you know, if I, if I had to choose. I, until that happens. That's Jessica's foot. Yeah. Yeah. So Jessica, uh, Jessica was going to a ninth grade girl pool party. How many of the ninth grade girls went to the pool party? Yeah. Jessica didn't make it to that pool party. Um, she had the car loaded, and uh, I was all braced to handle two kids by myself. And uh, she went out to the car, got her stuff. She was about to drive off, and she comes. She, she forgot her towel, right? Because I'm, I'm sure you all, like, swam and stuff. You didn't swim. I think you just took selfies next to the pool the whole time. I saw all the pictures. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, so Jessica comes running back inside for a towel she wasn't going to need. And um, I've, I've got, my, I've got my, my Wrangler back. My, it's got big old mud tires on it. And there's this huge uh, mud tire laying in the middle of the garage. It's heavy. Like, not movable. Right? She's running. 
And she's trying to be like super quick, you know, save that extra half a second. And that pinky toe grabbed one of those treads in that big old mud tire. And the mud tire won. It won. I was out in the backyard with the kids, and uh, I, we're, we're like Jackson on the trampoline. I'm holding the baby, and I, I look over toward the, toward the back door. We got this glass back door, and I, I see Jessica on her hands and her knees, like, a little, like, a, like her face is like, like down there, like in the glass door. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, well, she's weird, I, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, and I'm like, Jack, what? And she's, you know, I, you know glasses. Clean off your glasses, right? And she's uh, crying a little bit, which then I feel better about, la- about laughing at her. Anyway, so I go over and I'm like, what are you, what's happening to you? And she like, she's like, look at my foot. And then I wanted her a little bit. Um, and so then we go into panic mode and like, cause it's, dude, it's like, you saw it. Um, and so we go into panic mode and we're like calling people to come keep kids. Cause I got to take her to the emergency room. It's her right foot. She can't drive. We got babies. Babies are, you know, you complicate everything. So somebody comes over and keeps kids. I take Jessica to the emergency room and, and they, they end up, you know, dead in this thing and pop that bad boy back in place. Uh, and uh, she has been hobbling around on it for three weeks after that. Um, so I think, I think Jessica would argue with me about that toe being ind- indispensable. You know, like if, but if I'm going to make a list of things I'm going to lose, and I'd probably put pinky toe on there until that pinky toe gets injured. And then all of a sudden I can't function. I can't breathe without my pinky toe. Right. If you think you're the pinky toe of the church, you don't have anything to bring to the table. Like, you're not, you're not the coolest, strongest, most talented, whatever person in the world. You think, hey, I don't, I, can't, I don't really know how I would make my church stronger. Maybe you're the pinky toe. Maybe you're the pinky toe, the thing that seems insignificant. But man, without it, we can't breathe. We can't, do, we can't function without you. If you're not pouring yourself in and getting behind this, this thing called the church and pushing with everything you've got, then we won't, we're going to be like without our pinky toe. We need you. We need you. Let me give you some application points. First, if you're not a member of a local church, join a local church. When you go to college, join a local church. Like officially, like legit join a local church. Make sure it's a good one. Make sure it matches what you believe. Make sure they're teaching the Bible and they're trying to reach people and they're trying to disciple folks. Make sure they're legit and then join that church. If you say Mount Zion's your church and you haven't like officially joined it, join our church. Just join it. You got to do it on a Sunday morning. You can't join in greenhouse. Come, you should be here on Sunday morning anyway, man. If you're not going to church anywhere on Sunday, why would you not be in this place on Sunday morning? Get here, all right? So we have services at 9.45 and 11. At the end of those services, you come down front and you join the church. If you've been baptized and it's basically a form you fill out, and that's basically it. If you haven't been baptized and you're a Christian, then you should have been baptized already. So let's knock that out, okay? Join our church. And not our church. Join another church. Join a church. You have to be a part of a church. Because you're a member of the church universal already, and if you're not actively joined up and pushing behind another, like your real church, then you're a boat anchor. You're a broken pinky toe. Join a church. That's your first step. It's all your jobs. If you're not an official member of a church, join a church. Second one is this. Um, make that church stronger. Make, it, make the church stronger. However you can figure it out, make the church stronger. Until, you're, until you know that you're providing value, keep working at it. All right? So I want you to serve. I want you to work. I want you to step up and be adults about it. If you're just showing up at a church to consume what they put out there in front of you, 
you're just riding. Like, that's, that's not what we're called to do. So let me give you, let me give you some options here, okay? So if, 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 if this is your student ministry, if this is going to be your church, maybe you're going to think about what it, would, what it would look like to join Mount Zion and how to navigate. I know that's incredibly complicated for some of you and not possible for some of you. So in your heart, you're a member of Mount Zion and your parents are just not going to let you officially join. I understand that, okay? And so we'll just pretend that you officially joined, okay? But if this is your church, if this is your student ministry, then we've got some ways for you to plug in and serve to provide some value, okay? Um, go ahead, show the, the link thingy there. All right, so we have, we're, um, we've previously, we've only done this with Rooted. So we only opened up service teams to people who are in Rooted. We didn't really feel like that was fair because I know that some of you just can't be a part of Rooted for whatever reason. So we've opened up service teams to all of you, all right? So take a picture of that or type it, go to that URL, whatever, okay? Like right now, phone, do it. All of you pick your phones up. Do that. Okay. So when you go there, you're going to go to that link and you're going to write your name on it or whatever. And it's going to give you some options. And these are, these are what the options on that, on that specific form are. This is by me, no means the only thing you can do as a part of our church, but here's what that form says. You can be a part of greenhouse setup and greenhouse teardown. So all the Bibles and pens and the tables and the whatever's and the games that we play, all that setup, somebody has to do that. I would love for you to be a part of that. Teardown is the reverse. You have to make this room look like we were never here every single week. It takes a little while. So you can be a part of the teardown team. Um, lights. Braden's up there running lights, doing an awesome job at that. Uh, Jake's running media. Media is another team. We need a lot of people on media as well. Um, we'll train you on how to do that. If you're, as long as you're not colorblind, you can run lights. And I'm colorblind and I'm decent at it, okay? So that shows you how... Yeah, I mean, we can all run lights. We're going to be okay. But so Greg and Braden or somebody will train you on how to do that. We'll train you on how to do the media stuff. Jake and the other people, Drew's awesome at it. We'll show you how to click the button and do the stuff. It's, you're not going to die. It's going to be awesome. Um, we put graphic design on there. Hannah does an awesome job helping. Uh, she didn't make that slide, but she made a bunch of the other really cool looking slides. There's that, the far treat ones. You put like weird color circles around it. I don't even know how you do that, but it was cool. Uh, so Hannah's the only person doing that. We would love to have Hannah some help. All right, so if you can do some graphic design stuff and make it look that good, great. If you can't make it look that good, then we'll help you figure it out. We put videography on there. We are terrible at videos. Like, we never make any cool videos because we don't have any people to do it. We made that one last week with Rob, and that was like the only one I can think of that I remember. All right, we, if, you, if that's something that you're interested in or passionate about, click that box. Sunday setup is on there. What that means, um, so during, I think we do that on Thursdays. Like Thursday afternoon after school, you would come up. It says all these times, like the time requirements on the form. Sunday setup, you can come and you basically like get all the Rice Krispie treats or whatever like arranged in there and do some stuff to help us out, put rolls places. Um, that's a Thursday afternoon thing. Put shoppers on there. If you can, if you're a, uh, if you can drive and your parents are okay with you like going to Sam's for us, then like, all that water that's in there, we have to get people to go buy that stuff for us. When we go to Far Retreat, we just buy like mountains of junk and take it all with us. We need people to go buy that stuff for us. So you just grab your mom's minivan and go fill it up with things. And we give you a credit card like a real adult and you go buy all that stuff for us. Those are shoppers. And there's this office help. There's tons and tons of stuff. Denise was here. Denise Landreth was here like four hours today doing stuff in the office. And you can do the same stuff she was doing. So office is on there as well. Um, so that's, what that, that's what's on this form. Those are the service teams that we're going to run. We're going to put you on rotations and you'll, it's magic, okay? The only thing is you have to check your email. You're going to schedule through your email. If you don't check your email, then grow up. Check your email, okay? Um, I got another thing for you. Hannah came up to me after, uh, right before Greenhouse. Hannah runs our Harvest Youth Club. So Harvest Youth Club is a thing um, over here. It's a children's club where they come after school and they do homework and play and stuff. And we show up on Thursdays and Thursdays? 
Thursdays. We show up on Thursdays and we lead them in crafts and Bible study. Um, it's kind of like what we do on our mission trips. Like if you went to, uh, if you went to Cleveland, well, we did in Dallas too. Um, we do Bible studies. We do uh, the craft time. We do a game. Um, and some of you absolutely love doing that stuff. It's every Thursday afternoon. Hannah, what time do they go? Uh, we start at four. Start at four and you're done by? Uh, normally five. Normally five. So four to five once a week. And Hannah's going to tell you what to do and whatever. But Hannah's a senior girl. She's been running that thing with, with Erica and some others for a year and a half now, I think, by herself. Um, so what you need to do is talk to Hannah. Uh, after Greenhouse, go find her, and she'll tell you how to get involved and how to plug in and do that. Um, our children's ministry, man, is always looking for people to do nursery care for us and teach Sunday school for kids. There's, just, there's limitless stuff for you to do. Don't be the jacked-up pinky toe. Cool? We can't all be eyeballs. We got plenty of eyeballs up here. We don't need more eyeballs, all right? We need some people to do some, some awesome things in the way that God has gifted you specifically. Okay? Cool? I hope that you know where you stand. I hope that you know whether you've been providing value to a church, whether you're making a church stronger or whether you're just consuming from it. I hope that you've gotten a, a concept of where you've been. And if you've just been riding a church, benefiting from it without, not, without pushing yourself, uh, getting behind it and pushing, um, I hope that you'll talk with me or a leader or during your small group time about ways that you can fix that and help us move forward uh, for the glory of God. Okay? You got to, that H has to be capital. All right. Well, I got 15 minutes for you to do your small groups. I'll have it fixed by then. Okay? Maybe not that URL. If I can't get that URL to work, I will get a different one to work. Okay? All right. Let me pray for you. I know small groups are going to be real weird. Don't mess up my chairs. Don't mess up the chairs. You can do small groups however you need to do it. Just don't mess up the chairs. You 